All right, Debotai. We'll call this, I guess, um, we'll call this, I guess, part two. Uh, yesterday we started to talk <clears throat> in our discussion in the halakha about uh, trains and elevators on Shabbat. And uh, basically we came out and we saw the chief rabbi, Cham Yitzchak, that he came along and said, you know, even if you could figure out a way to get around the money and, you know, tie the, uh, the kartis to your shirt, but still he felt that... Uh, it's a zilzul for the Shabbat, and it's not necessary, and it's of the indehol, and therefore he didn't allow the uh, he didn't allow the trains. Although we did see uh, some of the poskim, like Hakam Ben Sion Oziel, he was matited under certain circumstances within the city, <clears throat> not going outside the tomb, and they're not stopping specially for the. Uh, for the Jews in the Jewish neighborhoods, and uh, the, the, the majority of the people are Goyim on the train, and the train is being run by the Goyim, <clears throat> and it's Sorech Mitzvah, uh, he was lenient. Uh, Hakam Yitzhak brought down that going to a Minyan, he didn't believe is uh, such a Sorech Mitzvah. If you remember, he brought down from the um, Havot Yair, that shows you that uh, you know Minyan is not... Uh, is not considered sorech mitzvah so much. Like he brought some proofs to that. So the Ma'aseh, we came out that on a uh, on a train on Shabbat, even for sorech mitzvah, you know, we didn't have a uh, we didn't have a heter out. And when it came to Shabbat elevators, however, we did say that there's a uh, a basic difference between the Shabbat elevator, even though a Shabbat elevator basically is a uh, it's a vertical train. And we said, what's the difference between a horizontal train going this way, transporting you or taking you up? And we said, the difference is that, first of all, it's a Shabbat elevator. It's doing a different, uh, it's, 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 um, it's behaving differently than it behaves during the week. Uh, during the week, it's a regular elevator. Here it stops on every floor. So there's a hekeb that it's a special elevator for Shabbat. And it's not being run by anybody. The train has a conductor. This is just being run by itself. And you put a sign in front of it that this is a Shabbat elevator, so therefore there's room to uh, there's room to be lenient. Uh, we said on the Shabbat elevators, and that is the minhag today. Uh, I told you some synagogues have it, the religious hotels in Israel have it, and uh, so on and so forth. <clears throat> there's, uh, there's a famous teshuvah <clears throat> by the Rav Paalim, the Benish Hai, in the Rav Paalim Chelik Aleph, the twenty fifth teshuvah. Uh, the question that they asked that probably is bicycles on Shabbat and uh, or Yom Tov the famous Teshuvah his answer and I quote Yesh lahatir lirkov ben b'Shabbat ben b'Yom Tov betoch ha'ir sheyesh bo eruv the Ben Ishchai in that famous Teshuvah allowed bicycles <clears throat> he said that it's mutar on Shabbat and Yom Tov. Yom Tov, there's no problem because you don't have a problem of carrying. On Shabbat in Baghdad, they had an Eruv. And then he writes in bold letters, I say this, Interesting. So there's some sort of Isur in Shabbat that's called Ovdin Dehol. It's a weekday activity. And he comes along and says uh, that, uh, no, I don't believe that it's an Ovdin, the whole issue. He says, 
because you, 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 you're, you're riding within the city, within the Eruv, it's all considered a Shuti Yahid, and therefore it's okay. He doesn't have a problem of, uh, of Din the whole. Uh, what would be the Ovdin the Hall on a bicycle? I guess the Ovdin the Hall is that you're not allowed to do on Shabbat uh, something that is mundane. I guess on the weekday we travel fast. On the weekday we travel quickly. Uh, we have cars, we have bicycles, we have, uh, I don't know what, scooters maybe. Mashi'ikin on Shabbat, we walk, we walk slower. So therefore, you're, you're traveling in a quicker, uh, a quicker pace. But the Benish Chai says, uh, that doesn't bother me. I'm not, I'm not bothered by that of the whole business. And the question is why, and it's probably because the way the Benish Chai looks at of the whole. Uh, there's, a, um, there's a logic that says, En nanu lehadesh gezerot midatenu. Which means there's a there's a school that says you know we cannot make up gezerot, we cannot make up our own uh, decrees, you know where the rabbis in the times of the Talmud, they were the abedin, they were the sanhedrin, so they were able to you know to make gezerot. This is permissible. This is forbidden. Don't do this because she might come to do that and so on. But today, after the sealing of the Talmud, it's not for us to come along and start saying, you know, this is weekday activity or not. That's is it of Hazal. We have to look at it from the strict halakha. Is it carrying? No. Is it, uh, is it a problem of, uh, I don't know, you might uh, fix the bicycle if it breaks. Ben Ishai says he wasn't worried about that. So whatever the decrees were, not for us to make decrees outside of um, Hazal. However, I will point out to you that the Tzitzili Ezer, also talked about the bicycle, and he writes, Pashut, it's a suit to ride a bicycle on Shabbat and Yom Tov, and he gives basically three reasons. Reason number one, Gezerah, you might go outside the Tchum. Wow, no Gezerah. You might ride the bicycle outside the Tchum. And by the way, you'd be surprised, uh, especially these uh, bicyclists, they ride for miles. You know, they, they go on uh, on a Shabbat, and you tell, oh, no, they can ride the Shabbat in there because we have an Eruv. You're right. But those people that are relying on that we have an Eruv don't know there's a Tumlo. So they drive to Rumson or they drive, they ride the bicycle over the place. There's no, uh, you're outside the uh, the borders over here of the Tum Shabbat. And uh, that, uh, that that's another issue over there. Furthermore, he says, uh, the Sicily Ezer, that Gezira Shema Yitaken Mana. Okay, it's <laughs> Maybe you'll get a flat tire. Or maybe the chain, remember the chain? The chain's going to come off the uh, the bicycle. And you might come to, you know, I don't know, put the chain back and metakin and tighten it and stuff like that. That's seats of the exit, it says. Thirdly, he writes, Mishum ovdin dehol. Oh, ovdin dehol. So you see the seats of the exit had a different way of looking at what rabbis in our time are allowed to decree and not. Where the Benish Chai said there's no problem of any gezerot, he looked at it strictly. Are you carrying? You're not carrying. Is the Eruv? You're not doing anything wrong. It's not electric. Then puts mutar. So uh, you see, look at Ben Ishai and Tzitzli Ezer and how to look at of the Indichol. So basically, we have to go back and say that um, realities that were not around at the time of Hazal. That's really what we're talking about over here. 
I guess they didn't have a bicycle in the times of Hazal. They didn't have trains in the time of Hazal, that's for sure. So the question is, uh, do the rabbis of this generation have a right on new technologies that halakhically really don't have any issue in halakha? Do they have a right to slap on a, you know, zilzul shabbat or to slap on a uvdin uh, dehol item over there? Even though clearly the hakamim never put such gizirot on these things because they didn't exist. Uh, there's a famous Hazon Ish. Uh, the Hazon Ish uh, argued on the Nodabi Huda by umbrellas. <clears throat> the Nodabi Huda held that this parasol, they used to call it, the umbrellas, he said it's a suit to open an umbrella on Shabbat because you're making an ohil. That's the famous Nodabi Huda, the Bihura Laka brings it down. <clears throat> However, the Hazon Ish held it's not making an ohil, he held that it's one piece. It's almost like what that Gemara calls Kisetraskal, where you have uh, one, uh, one piece item. He held uh, that's not considered making an oil. However, he then writes, He's talking about maybe it's tikkun mana, it's making a, a keli, maybe it's not an oil issue, but you're making it something functional. But then he says, It looks like a weekday thing that you're, you're fixing something. And it'll cause a breach. And he concludes, This is the uh, given to the hachamim, this this. Uh, uh, responsibility to make fences where they think it can lead to a breach this is even more strict than forbidding something to an individual this already is preserving Shabbat for the whole nation and for the future generations so therefore you see that uh, the Hazon Ish he looked at it that every generation's rabbis has a right to make gezerot and gedarim in order to uh, preserve the sanctity of the Shabbat, even on things that technically, halakhically, uh, sound like they should be okay. But if they see in their mind that such behavior could lead to the destruction of the Shabbat, so they can they can enforce it. Uh, there's a famous rabbi called Yosef Salant. He wrote the Sefer Be'er Yosef. So he writes... Veshamru b'nei Yisrael et ha-Shabbat. La'asot et ha-Shabbat l'dorotam. So he comes along and he says, there's two types of Shemirat Shabbat. There's regular Veshamru b'nei Yisrael et ha-Shabbat. That's one type of Shabbat. B'nei Yisrael shumrim et ha-Shabbat. But then there's another type of Shemirat Shabbat. La'asot et ha-Shabbat l'dorotam. That it's the responsibility of Shemirat Shabbat that it should be a type of Shemirat Shabbat that can endure for the generations, that it can continue, that you have to assess that if we're going to keep Shabbat like this, will it be able to perpetuate in the future generations? Or will you say, well, in this generation, the Shabbat will be able to exist, but if you if you do it like this in the future generations, it's going to lead to more leniencies, and before you know it, the Shabbat's going to be uh, uh, desecrated. So he says, the Shemirat Shabbat has to be a Shemirat Shabbat lidorotam. And that's what the Hazorish is saying, that Hachamim have a right to uh, analyze it, not only from the strict halakha, 
But such behavior, what's the perception? What's the optics? How are the people going to, uh, uh, to analyze it? How are they going to... And therefore, even though it's technically mutar, they could make, uh, they could make gedarim. That's, um, there's a famous rabbi, beautiful, beautiful Tamir Acham in Eretz Yisrael, uh, the Baal Minhat Asher, Rav Asher Weiss, Gaon, uh, Gaon Adir. I recommend our members uh, to, uh, to buy the Sefarim. He has some Sefarim on uh, homage, some halakha. Very, very, very uh, uh, Gaon, very clear, very methodical in his thinking, and he has beautiful uh, conclusions. And he also deals with all these technological uh, uh, situations. And I recently saw, I don't know the case he was talking about, but I was very impressed in the way he he concluded. He said, "Listen, my uh, my halachic gut tells me it should be permissible, and therefore, because of A, B, C, D, E, and therefore la halacha it should be mutar." And then he comes along and he writes that, however, and in that, however, he says. Um, That even though it's mutar, he writes, I'm concerned about, right, he said like this, I'm lenient gamur, and you won't be able to live without it. Which means, he says like this, he says, it depends on how you want to use the heter. There's some people that they want to use technology to allow everything. That if it's permissible, finished. They want to make it uh, uh, mutar. Oh, I know the case he was talking about. He was talking about a case, can you um, set the timer before Shabbat to bake, uh, to bake bread on Shabbat. You want to put the, <laughs> have a machine, you can put the dough into the, into the mixer before Shabbat, you set it on a timer, and it'll make the bread, and you have hot, fresh bread on Shabbat. You didn't do anything, you set it on a timer. That was the case he was talking about. So he went through the halachic uh, part of it, and he said, listen, from the halakha, timer before Shabbat, you didn't touch it, it's the, you didn't do anything, uh, you know, from, so he says, I see the side to be making, but then he says, Leave the halakhic for a minute. He says, what is this going to do to the Shabbat? And you have to add that, he says. He says, he says like this, I'll be lenient on a timer on things that are necessary. For example, you need lights on Shabbat. You need uh, uh, air condition on Shabbat, fine. But you need fresh bread on Shabbat. That's people that are now just trying to use the halakha to make everything, uh, you know, lenient and purpose, even in case where you don't need it. So he says, even though maybe the strict halakha should say it's permissible, but I'm not going to give that heter, not because it's not halakhically permissible. And he's very careful. He says, I'm saying again, it's halakhically permissible. And I want my people to, I want the detractors to know that because if I'm going to say it's halakhically forbidden, then they're going to come along and say, oh, he's wrong, his reasons are wrong. So I'm telling you clearly, it should be halakhically permissible, but the reason why I'm said it is because of the fence. And his lashon is, and I quote, 
ועדיף שנאמר בפה מלא, I want to say this, you know, full uh, clearly, שאף לפי ההלכה יש סד להקל, even though according to the halakha there's room to be מקל, אוסרים אנו כדי להרחיק את האדם מעבירה, ולעשות סייג לתורה, to put a, to put a fence. So he says, because the Hayim Anachnu, today we're living in a time where every guy thinks he has the wisdom of King Solomon. And if we're going to just say it's, we should be Mahmir, they're going to come along and say, he's wrong, his reasons are wrong. He's wrong. I'm not saying, I'm saying halakhli it's mutah. But the reason why I'm being forbidden is because the, the Ged, that you can't argue on. That you can't argue on. So he's, he's giving you the Heterim, but then he's taking it back because of the, the Ged. It's a mitzvah to write the truth. And uh, the reason why we're doing it is because of Megdar Melta, Mitok De'agalik Tushat Shabbat Shmuta Torah. So you see, um, you see that uh, a lot of the hachamim today, while things are definitely permissible, they were concerned about the Shabbat. They have to be very mature to hear what I'm saying now, because a lot of the people that don't appreciate this style will say, don't give me spirit of Shabbat, don't give me spirit. I want to know a spirit airlines. Give me the give me the give me the law. Give me the law. I don't want a spirit. I know spirit. Now they they discount spirit as if it's you know some type of uh, peripheral item. Umrah, leave me alone. I want, but they don't realize that uh, you know. Uh, don't give me spirit. So I would tell the guy, no problem. Uh, uh, you don't care about spirit too much. So therefore, give me your spirit. Your whole life is your spirit, by the way. That's your neshama. Oh, you're discounting spirit? Oh, you, you only care about the external? Beautiful. So please, hand over your spirit, and let's see how long you'll be able to exist without your spirit. My point is that the spirit is the essence of the item. And therefore, sometimes when, you, when, when the rabbis come along and say, oh, luckily it's permissible, but it's going to take away the whole... Uh, then Shabbat is going to turn into... You know, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein was very, very strict on certain... On certain things, uh, he held that Shabbat today in our generation is a goses. It's on his deathbed. And the halakha says, you're not allowed to touch a goses. Because if you touch him, anything you do to it can cause his death to come quicker. So he said, today we don't touch the Shabbat. As we'll see in some of the, uh, some of the things that he said. Um, you, have, um, you have the famous case. of Rav Moshe Feinstein that he talked about uh, timers. It's well known that Rav Moshe Feinstein was against uh, timers on Shabbat, the Shabbat timers. Uh, he felt that that would be, uh, that would create a, uh, a zuzul for the, uh, for the Shabbat. Uh, I have it here. Yeah, using using a timer on Shabbat. Moshe Feinstein was was, was very strict. He said uh, in his lashon, "En gadol That even though technically you can find permissible ways to use it, but he felt that it creates a. Uh, it's going to lead to all sorts of uh, uh, leniencies in Kedushat Shabbat. And he even goes further and he writes, 
וברור שאם היה זה בזמן התנאים והאמוראים, היו אוסרים זה. It goes further, if this was in the times of the, of the Tamud, they would have been אוסרת. חכם עבדיה עליו השלום has a different approach when it comes to this. חכם עבדיה's approach is that and, you know, we can't make gezerot from our own uh, 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 time. We can't add the gezerot of, uh, of Hazal. If it's halakhically permissible, it's like, now, although Hakam himself many times will put fences, but in principle, his opinion is that it's not for us to make uh, gezerot. So I'll tell you uh, the, the, um, the, the, the interesting mahlokah that I found on this. There's two rabbis, one is called the Sitzeli Ezer, and one is called the Sui Pesach Frank. So you have over here an argument, can Hakamim make new Gezerot on technology that didn't exist in the times of Hazal? So the question was, can you put, let's say, a pot on the fire before Shabbat, and you're setting it with a timer, and the timer will go off on Shabbat and cook the food. But I did everything from before Shabbat. So the seats of the Ezzel came along and said, you can't do it because we're concerned that you might come to put it on Shabbat. And he held that you cannot put it on Shabbat on the oven. You can only do it from before. Therefore, seats of the Ezzel made a gezerah that even though everything's on a timer, you can't do it. Rav Pesach Frank came along and said, and biyadenu l'gzor ma'atzmenu. You can't make new gezerot. So you see that, again, mahlokit uh, 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 between the two achamim. Can you make new gezerot? So the tzitzili answers back, very interesting. He says, I want to explain to you what does it mean you can't make new gezerot. New gezerot would mean, for example, let's say the hakamim allowed us to bathe on Shabbat. They allowed you to bathe with cold water. They allowed it. A new gizrah would mean that you're going to say, but today we're going to say that you can't bathe with cold water because you might come to bathe with hot water. That's a new gizrah. The rabbis never made such a gizrah. To, to create a totally new gizrah that never existed in the times of Hazal, that, the Sitzel Ezra says, I agree with you. Or in a case where, let's say, the Hakim said, it's mutar to carry in a, in a certain area, karmelit, and you're going to come along and say, no, you can't carry because we're going to worry you might come to carry the shoot to the beam. That's a new gizrah. However, he says, on a gezerah that existed already, on a gezerah that they had already, and all we're doing is applying an existing gezerah, that is okay. And therefore, hachamim had gezerot legabe Shabbat that you might come to do it on Shabbat. That gezerah exists. We're not making up that gezerah. That gezerah already was in the times of Hazal. True, it was, it was in a different case. But all we're doing is applying an existing gezerah that Hazal had to modern technology, to modern cases. That, he says, Hakamim have a right. So who are the seats of the Ezra would say, it's true, the rabbis discussed Ovdin Dehol in their cases. But that's an existing gezerah Ovdin Dehol. So the rabbis have a right to now take this existing Ovdin Dehol and place it wherever they see fit in the modern cases where it, uh, where it exists. Uh, that would be the uh, the mahloket between uh, Rav Sui Pesach Frank and um, and uh, and the Sitzel Again, it looks 
more like Chacham uh, and the Ben Ishchai, that they didn't apply Uvdin Dehol, they didn't agree that you can make new Gezerot. You cannot even take an old Gezerah and apply it to a new, uh, to a new item. Lema'aseh, we originally started yesterday's talk with um, with this car that we talked about, this Google car that they had, or this uh, driverless car. Well, assuming that you would get around all the other problems of when you open the door, the lights don't get on, and all that other stuff, that you don't have carrying issues and stuff like that, you don't have the home issue. So the question really would come down to be, uh, would this be uvdin dehol? Would this be uh, a mundane activity? And do we have the uh, the right to institute uvdin dehol? Well, the ma'aseh, it should be pointed out, that Hakam of Shalom ruled against the Benish High by bicycles. And ultimately he said that one should not ride a bicycle on Shabbat, even in a place where there's an Eruv. What was his final reasonings? Final reasonings must be that eh, it's going to bring it to Zuzul of the Shabbat. It's going to bring a, it's going to lighten the Shabbat up. So Hamavad was concerned about Shabbat de Dorotami, was concerned about keeping the Shabbat uh, preserved. And listen, uh, what happens? A guy riding a bicycle, uh, w- w- not everybody's riding it to the Bet Knesset. Some are riding it uh, with their tennis rackets on the back, and they're riding it with their uh, their toilets at their backgammon set to go to the beach. And uh, and before you know it, the bicycle allows uh, things on Shabbat to, to deteriorate. He held that it's considered a zuzul. So I have to assume that Hakam uh, is not going to matir a driverless car on Shabbat. <laughs> if he was saying a, uh, a bicycle, uh, clearly he's not going to allow... Now, clearly the seats in the Ezzet that didn't allow the bicycles because he was worried you might go outside the tomb. So on a, on a driverless car, what's the question? Clearly, uh, there's this bigger Gezerah that you might drive outside the tomb on Shabbat more than a uh, bicycle. And again, although maybe you could tell me from the strict law, everything is permissible, but Rav Moshe Feinstein was said even putting uh, the timer on. Although we're lenient, let's say, on certain cases to put a timer on, let's say lights or air condition, which already that's the custom to do. But on other things, the poskim said, it's a big zidutah to Shabbat, like uh, the seats, like the Rav Russia Weiss talked about, uh, making bread on Shabbat. Uh, and he said, you know, although maybe it's Allah, it should be permissible, but how can we matir such a thing? So therefore, Nabotai, uh, it's more of a hashkafic uh, lesson that I'm trying to give you today. The hashkafic lesson is that you shouldn't fall into the uh, mistake to think that if it's halakhically permissible, it ends there. Period. So pasuk. No, it doesn't work like that. Something can be halakhically permissible according to the A, B, C, D, E, following the rules. But then you have to know, should it be executed? Should it be publicized? Should it be practiced? A, a judge has to use his common sense to say, well, if we're going to allow this which is permissible, what's going to be the consequence? What, what's it going to lead to? How is the world going to look in two years from now if we say this is uh, permissible? Is it going to make the Shabbat holier? Is it going to remain status or is it going to lower it? I must tell you a, a story that happened with me. Uh, there was a big controversy in Deal, New Jersey uh, years back 
they wanted to uh, put an eruv around deal. Now, it must be very, very clear, uh, the Torah is not against eruv. As a matter of fact, and the next Gemara that we're going to learn is called Masikat Eruvin. So there's a Gemara this thick that actually talks about the establishment of uh, Eruvin. Uh, uh, and, and by the way, uh, as opposed uh, uh, against what some people think, it's not one of Maimonides' 13 principles of faith that you must be against an Eruv. Uh, there's some people that think, yeah, uh, Eruv is uh, something that was established by the conservative and the reform, and therefore, you know, uh, you're not allowed to believe in, uh, just like you're not allowed to believe in uh, Yeshu, Ani Ma'amin Eruv, you know, Kefira, Shalom. Anybody that's kofir be Eruv is kofir be kula. If a guy is not Ma'amin in Eruv, He's not mamid by Kadosh Baruch Hu, because Kadosh Baruch Hu gave us the Torah with Eruv. That's that's a fact. We believe in Eruvin. However, that being said, uh, there's rules of Eruv. There's rules, like everything. There's rules. So uh, the case came in uh, in deal. Should they make an Eruv or not? Now, if it was a town, what would be uh, Eruvable according to all opinions, like at Tahila? Who could argue? Uh, there's nothing wrong with carrying on Shabbat. It makes life much easier. The problem is, it's not so simple. Brooklyn is even more difficult because of Ocean Parkway and things like that. And that's where Moshe Feinstein, Allah Shalom, Acham Yaakov Katsin, Allah Shalom, and Acham Baruch, Allah Shalom. They never wanted to touch Brooklyn, especially because they felt it, it's not just adjustable halakhically. And they were also concerned about other, other factors uh, what it might come to, uh, what it might come to lead to. In any event, I'm not discussing now the halakhic issues. The big post scheme, you know, uh, analyzed it and they said what they said. But there's a story. And one day, I was getting off the tour bus and deal, and uh, I saw Rabbi Dweck, may live and be well. She have refuah shalemai. It's Hag Mordechai ben Roz Nizha el narefadalob betoch shar cholei amo Israel. Amen. And he asked me, Rabbi Man, so what's your opinion on the eruv? This is before they put it up. You're asking me, well, I was a young guy, what are you asking me for? My opinion it means anything? Uh, what's your opinion? I said, Rabbi, what, what's the objective over here? He said, I know me and you are not going to use the Eruv. I, I said, so what are you doing it for? So if you're not going to use it, he said, no. Listen, there's so much Hilul Shabbat that's going on, which is right. People are carrying, people are doing. To save the people from Isur. Now, there is some, some veracity to that. You know, we don't want the people to, you know, rack up uh, Isurim. If we could save them in some way that those that are carrying anyway, that at least they're not going to make a sin. Uh, my advice was that, but you're going to also cause a lot of people who are not carrying to start carrying on an Eruv that might not be, uh, you know, point to Shohan Aruk, let's say, and so on and so forth. No, it'll be for the ladies. It'll be for the maids. You're making Eruv for the maids. Yeah, because I, I understand what he said. Because, listen, you don't want to be homebound on Shabbat with your kids. You need to get to your parents. It's a, I said, but you have to look at the other side. It's going to start bringing a lot of people uh, uh, to rely on these leniencies that they would not have normally relied on it before. They're going to think it's permissible. After a couple of years, they're going to forget this whole controversy that it's only for ladies and not for men. There's a rabbinero. It's forgotten. Whatever the, the gizerot that I, that I, or, or the concerns I had. So I told them my opinion is to make the Eruv, but don't tell anybody about it. Make the Eruv, don't tell anybody about it. 
What's the, what's the benefit? Those that are making Isur, they're not making Isur anymore. You, you save them. <laughs> and those that uh, are not going to carry, there's no Eruv. But, uh, and I understand their intention. Their intention was not just to help the people who are making Isur. They wanted to help the people that are religious, that want to carry on Jamaat, to move their, their, their babies to the to their in-laws and so on and so forth. And I understood it. But again, whenever you're doing something like that for a community, you have to, you have to analyze and think, even though it might be allegedly permissible, what is the... Now, I'm not judging that case and deal if it was a good outcome or not a good outcome. I, I don't have an opinion on what the outcome is. Those that use it will use it. Those that don't, don't. I don't, I don't know, to be honest with you, if the Eru made Shabbat worse, or it kept its status, or it made it better. I have no opinion on that. Uh, but I will tell you, I will tell you that if the Eru caused... Uh, 150 more bicycles that wouldn't have been on the street now to be on the street. So my opinion would say that that, that lowers the Kiddushah of the Shabbat. That we're walking on Shabbat and we have now uh, you know, the bicycle. And, and now you could argue and say, Rabbi, those 150 bicycles were there before the Eruvs. Okay, then, then I'm wrong. But if the Eruv caused much more traffic of bicycles because of it, and now we have these, um, what do you call it, these uh, rickshaws that are running around the streets. Uh, again, uh, that, 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 that's not the Surah Shabbat. That's not the Surah Shabbat. But that's again, that's just an opinion. My point is use it as an example that it's not only to look at things from the halachic ramifications, we have to look at the consequence that if we're going to matir such a thing uh, on Shabbat. Not like I told you the last time that Rabbi Salata said, not everything you think should be spoken, not everything that's spoken should be written, not everything that's written should be published. Which means it could be it's true, but for the public consumption, uh, because of what it could lead to. Now there's some people that they don't look at they're black and white. It's permissible, it's permissible, it's forbidden, it's forbidden. I'm, I don't live in the gray area. Well, then uh, I'm just giving you an advice. Then you should not become a posik. And you should not become a leader because the leader has to look at not only the black and white, you have to look at uh, the consequences that will uh, will come out. Now, that being said, I'm well aware that Hakam uh, Avadiyah has a more lenient approach. We make Gezerot in our generation. And it's true. But still with all that, even though he knows we don't make Gezerot and we cannot make a new Takanot, uh, but he still forbade the bicycle. Why? Because Hakam was concerned Migdar Miltai felt it's a it's a gedir. Now I know that when we wrote a teshuvah on daily halakha about the bicycle on Shabbat, uh, uh, we had some uh, some uh, some pushback by some of the members of the community, and they said that no, Hakam didn't say it's asur. He said yesh lahmir, and they were going back and forth playing with semantics with his words with me yesh lahmir. And that only means to the Bnei Torah, as if the Bnei Torah were riding bicycles. Which Bnei Torah was riding a bicycle? The Chabad to tell him to stop riding a bicycle. What, the guys in Purat Yosef were riding bicycles? The guys in Atenib were riding bicycles? The Chabad had to come along and say, well, the Bnei Torah should stop. Uh, right. Nonetheless, it's clear already, his opinion in many other publications, that he held it was a... So, so you see, even the Hakam, on certain things, uh, he... Um, he... Um, and as a family as well, 
one has to try to institute things in the family that even though it might be luckily permissible, but to keep the Kiddushah of the Shabbat. And that's just an example when it comes to all the Halakha. So again, the Ma'aseh, I don't think it's a, uh, um, you know, a question to start even with this driverless cars and all that stuff. And even if you could write me a whole Teshuvah to prove it to me, they didn't make, do anything wrong. But could you imagine what Shabbat would look like where all of a sudden everybody's uh, pulling up to the uh, shul in their driverless car? Uh, that would be the new bicycle, basically. That would be the new bicycle. And, you know, woe to the day when that be Already we're, 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 we're still getting over the bicycle uh, phenomenon, let alone now to get over the, uh, the driverless car. All right, Abutai, that's my opinion. And uh, we'll stop over here. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen.